As a famous former football coach once said, they are who we thought they were. Or at least that's what the Mets said about the Reds. Mets take the series two out of three. We're going to talk about if Joey Votto could be headed to Flushing, Queens? Or, you know, Flushing, Queens, whichever one that is. Anyway, we're going to cover all of that here on today's Locked On Reds, Locked On Mets crossover. I about said locked on Ryan. It's Ryan Finkelstein. He's with us here today. I'm Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for checking us out. We are both part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, or in this case, your teams, every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks for watching if you're watching here today. Ryan, I'm sure that you're doing All right. But with this series, I mean, the Mets take two out of three, kind of like we figured this would happen, but the Reds were at least a little bit competitive and made it interesting there at the end. Yeah, they did. And I got to say some nice, uh, promising young pitchers we got to see uh, in this series. Really got to see all the young pitchers for the Reds. And there is something to be excited about, I guess, if you're a Reds fan. Uh, As a Mets fan watching this one, it was uh, what you expected as the final result. Definitely not the route that we expected them to get there, but that's kind of been the story for this Mets team for a little bit now. Since June, they haven't been playing great baseball, but you know what? They win series. They win series. They win series, and that's all that matters, man. As as a couple of Mets fans that I got to meet at the ballpark and some, fu- some friends that I know that love the Mets have uh, told me whenever I tell them this, the Mets are the best team in the National League. And they're like, oh, gosh, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> but I believe that. And I was happy to see the way that the young pitchers for the Reds pitched. I mean, Hunter Green struggled in the first game and Graham Ashcraft largely through the first couple of innings yesterday kind of had a struggle of it but he gritted it out he pitched well he was able to limit damage where it looked like the Mets were really going to blow it open and then later on as he went he looked like he was settling things down which is good because he's kind of going through an adjustment period his first three starts he allowed like a total of three earned runs and then his next three starts he allowed like 16 earned runs. I mean, it's been, you know, an adjustment, but to see him settle down against this vaunted Mets lineup, I think what from the Mets perspective is kind of your biggest takeaway here. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway I would say, honestly, for this specific game is Adonis Medina. I, I do that every time, man. Adonis Medina. I can't in my head. It's one of those. You ever have a name, Jeff, where you always screw it up and then it just always happens. You can't help yourself. As soon as you're done saying it, it's, it's always Alcantara, <laughs> which we set it off air. So I didn't exactly. mess it up there, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. I kicked myself as soon as I said it, but he was unbelievable. I mean, David Peterson rough for him. I mean, you know, he still had seven strikeouts in this one, but walked five. His wife just, just had a baby. He was sick. He traveled in late. I mean, not a lot of favorable circumstances for him to have a good start here. I think he did a decent job considering those circumstances. But, I mean, to see the bullpen go out and just be nails the entire game, really impressive. And then, I mean, if we're talking about the bullpen, you got to see a little bit of Edwin Diaz at the end. A little bit. Just a yeah. little taste of him. And, I mean, that's what we've been saying all year. The guy is just the, the best strikeout artist in the game right now. 
not going to lie, I was at the ballpark for the first two games of this series. And every time we got late into the ballgame, I'm like, yes, Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo. No, no, I want Edwin Diaz. And we finally get to see him in game three here. Yeah. When I look at the Reds for this, I take away a lot of positives. And I know that there's going to be a lot of Reds fans that are jumping in the comments section right now. Like, here he goes again with the positives. But there were a lot of good performances from the young pitchers, but also from Nick Senzel. He's the number two pick that we constantly have been asking whether or not he's even part of the future of this team here lately. He's played very well and he hit another dinger yesterday. It was great to see the fact that they move him to the bottom third of the order. And it's like they unlock something in his brain. They, they kept trying to put him in the top of the order, especially when Jonathan India was hurt earlier on this season. And he just wasn't, it was like he was pressing. He wouldn't see in the ball. He did not have good at bats. He's completely flipped that on his head. Now, these last, I, I think we're getting up to like the last 20 games now. He's hitting over 300, getting on base almost 40% of the time. You absolutely love to see. And I said something, and this might be sacrilegious. I know saying this to Mets fans, but watching Jeff McNeil, that's a guy that I hope that Nixon Zell can become. Now he's not there. He's, he's nowhere near there, but that's the kind of hitter I want him to become. Not necessarily the big bopper. We don't need him to be the big bopper. The Reds got Stevenson. They got India. They've got some dudes coming up through the system who are going to be at the middle of this order. They need guys to be on base for those big boppers and Nixon Zell can be that guy. Yeah, you can. And I think also the positional, you know, flexibility is kind of another Similar thing there with Jeff McNeil. I'll tell you, you know, your guy, uh, Clay Snowden, who writes for us at Just Baseball, he told me, he texted me today. He's like, dude, can I do something on Nick Senzel? I'm like, yeah, go for it. So uh, that's going to be coming out soon, a deep dive in what he's doing, because I know Reds fans are, are really excited about what he's been lately. Shout out to Clay, and shout out to Just Baseball, too. You guys do a lot of great work over there. Um, yeah, I know. Clay has been a dude that's been all over this farm system. We know what's coming. The future is bright. It's just the present that's been very bleak. I mean, we're talking about the the worst record in the National League. They're only like a couple of losses better than the Royals to be the worst team in all of baseball right now. So I think that overall, you're a little bit worried about what we're going to see at the end of this season. Hopefully not triple digits in the loss column, but probably. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that's not the case, but there's a lot of moves that are coming up and we have a move that we want to talk about. And this is an idea that you posed to me. So when we're talking about this, this possibility here, because guy behind me, Luis Castillo, probably going to be traded Tyler Malley. I know he went on the IL, but all reports are he's going to be back right after the all-star break. He's probably going to be traded to Brandon Drury, Tommy fam guys that are probably going to be moved. Joey Votto's not necessarily a name that we're talking about, but you and I are about to talk about. That's right. Yeah, I I, I love um, Joey and any thought of him getting traded really kind of hurts my heart a little bit. But I'll tell you this, if you don't want to hurt the heart of your significant other, you better go to BlueNile.com because BlueNile.com is the best place to get that next shiny thing for your special someone. Whether you're going to pop the question or you just want to celebrate a special moment, BlueNile.com is the way to go. Ryan, I know that you're a jewelry expert when it comes to the shiny things. I myself am not so much. They've got some great experts, bench jewelers that will help you out. 
24-7. Whether you're talking about phone or online chat, they can help you build your perfect engagement ring. You can make it one of a kind because these days everybody wants one of a kind, whether you're talking about a soap dispenser or you're talking about an engagement ring. That's, you know, Blue Nile's going to sell you the engagement ring, not the soap dispenser. Anyway, yeah. Shiny things jewelry at bluenile.com. You can go there today and lockdown reds and lockdown Mets listeners are going to get $50 off $500 or more. And that deal includes engagement rings. They're not going to, you know, keep this deal away from you. All you got to do is type in the promo code locked on at checkout. That's L O C K E D O N in the promo code section at the checkout. I'm almost a checkout counter, the checkout page of blue Nile.com. Plus whenever they ship it to you, they're going to ship it in a package. That's not going to give away what's inside. So it will still be a surprise if she's the one that picks up the box from the patio. That's blue Nile.com. And when you're checking out type in the promo code locked on. We are here with a Locked On Reds, Locked On Mets crossover. Ryan Finkelstein is with me. I'm Jeff Carr. We are talking about this Reds-Mets series. And, and just to kind of put a bow on it, the, the Mets took two out of three. Looked like the Reds had a shot. And I know that you mentioned that if that happened, we weren't going to do this crossover. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm just used to it at this point for the season. This season has been a grind. But... There's some interesting trades on the horizon. I think the Mets, man, uh, the Mets look like, uh, for me, my money, they're going to the World Series out of the NL. Well, I love to hear it. And I will say for my listeners who are maybe itching to, for me to talk about the late comeback, uh, you know, Hunter Strickland looks like he wanted to kill that umpire for calling that <laughs> ball uh, fair there. And I think that's the one thing that I guess you could say, well, they got a little lucky on that, but I'll tell you what. A big hit by Marte. Nimmo comes around to score to tie it. And then in extras, it was really good to see Dom Smith come through. This is a guy that got sent down this year. Since he's been up, he's 9 for 27 with six doubles. Gets the clutch hit that gives the Mets a lead. And then James McCann bloops one end. You get another run. And then Brandon Nimmo puts it away. But I do want to transition right into this Joey Votto conversation because it's an interesting one. I wanted to talk about this all week with you. And I, I also want to give a shout out to a longtime Mets blogger, Mets Daddy. Uh, he's the one who was talking about this. So I want to, it, it was his idea. And then I was th- thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? It makes a little sense. There was a report recently that the Mets are thinking when it comes to the deadline, their strategy is, hey, maybe we can take on an onerous contract. That was literally the, the, the report. It was, they will take on an onerous contract to limit the prospect return they have to give up to improve this roster. And they want to improve at DH and bullpen. So the idea being you could maybe flip, let's just say a struggling guy like Don Smith, who I just mentioned is actually coming out of it, but has struggled this year or JD Davis or something along those lines and absorb Joey Votto's contract. You get a guy that's going to give you much better at bats in that DH spot and looking at Votto's numbers. And you can tell me a little more about it, but you know, since May 1st on base percentage over 350, slugging percentage close to 500, 129 WRC plus, that is so much better than what the Mets have been getting at DH. And if you're uh, thinking about it from a Mets perspective, of course, Joey Votto's trade value isn't great because he's owed $25 million this year, next year, and there's a $7 million buyout on the third year. But if you're the Mets and you're Steve Cohen, who cares? You're just talking about the player. And the player alone is a big upgrade over what the Mets have. See, and that kind of what you said right there is what impresses me the most about Steve Cohen is just Let's win. That's what he wants to do. 
why I think this could work out and why I think the Reds would be very interested in this is the mantra of this ownership group is what's the bottom line? Because <laughs> that's what they did this off season. Although they then went out and spent money on Mike Miner and Tommy Pham, but that's beside the point. That makes no sense whatsoever. When they are looking at some trade rumors surrounding Luis Castillo, there's actually rumors that have cropped up that they will attach Mike Mustakis to that deal to get rid of that contract. Right. And that would not only be the worst idea I've ever heard of, but it's just, it's silly. I mean, you're torpedoing the value of your best trade chip. So that in and of itself is dumb, but that rumor proves that if somebody were to come knocking about Joey Votto, and if you could get him to waive that no trade clause, this could happen. And kind of like you said, since May 1st, he's looked a lot better. It's something about Votto throughout his entire career that he's always been a slow starter. The first month of the season has always been a little bit rough. Now, last year, we saw that power resurgence and we thought maybe he's got one more year of that left in him. Haven't quite seen that power come back, but he's still got the doubles. He's still got the line drives and he's still making pretty solid contact. Not necessarily the kind of barrels and stuff like that that you would love to see from him. In fact, he has said it before. That's his favorite stat. That's the stat that he wants to lead the league in is barrels. But I mean, I mean, dude's got his mind in the right place when you're talking about hitting. But I just I, I think that there's still more for him to give. I don't think that his career is up and his contract. He, he'd still be under one more year of control with a team option for 2024, which saying that he's under a year of control also means that that's a 25 million. That's not a, you know, rookie level contract there, but he still can provide value out of your lineup at the DH spot. He said before that he doesn't really want a DH, but I think that's in the case of being in Cincinnati because right now there is no plan at first base. So when you talk about a JD Davis or a Dom Smith coming back in the deal, that is intriguing. And I know that they've struggled to begin the year, but I think that that is probably what we would be looking at in return for Joey Votto. As much as I hate to say it because Ryan, he's been my favorite player. Like ever, like I think uh, as far as my life as a baseball fan, absolutely been my favorite player. So any way that he gets traded is going to hurt, but this intrigues me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, when you're talking about that, it's like me saying, Hey, or someone said to me, you know, 10 years ago, Hey, you're going to trade David, right? Like I get that yeah. for sure. Uh, I think that the really interesting thing to me is, I think that the Reds do this in a heartbeat. Like if they can get off the money, I mean, you just said it. The, the, the fact that they would even consider that to me on the, on the Castillo thing is so ridiculous. I get mad for you. I'm like, <laughs> this is the one chip that you have that can net you a, a huge return that can actually impact your future. And just to get off of Moustakis, you're going to just complete. I mean, you, you attach Moustakis to that the value you're maybe getting half of the prospect value you would have gotten. So that's where they're, they're at. I think the biggest question actually of this whole trade is what does Vado do? Does Vado want to go to New York and chase a ring because he'd have a great chance to do it. And I really do think that this is a type of team that Joey Vado would really fit in with. You're talking about a really veteran roster with Max Scherzer, Starling Marte. They went all veterans this offseason. Mark Cannon, Eduardo Escobar. You bring another guy in there that even I think just just the, the clubhouse impact you've seen with Max Scherzer this year, the way he talks shop with the other pitchers. I could see something similar to Joey Votto, you know, putting his arm around a Pete Alonzo and helping him out. So I, I think it actually does make a lot of sense. But the question is, what does Joey Votto want to do? Because I know in the past 
it seemed like he's wanted to just kind of ride out his career with Cincinnati and go off to the sunset, maybe. So that's, I think, maybe the biggest obstacle here. I think there, there's a couple of factors that come into this, and it's something that people asked him during spring training was, you know, are you going to request a trade? Because they send out Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. They trade Sonny Gray. They wave Wade Miley to the Cubs. They send Tucker Barnhart to the Tigers for pretty much next to nothing. I mean, Nick Quintana just got promoted to double A, but Nick Quintana is not going to be in the future plans of the Cincinnati Reds. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. So all told, everybody kind of thought, all right, this is going to be the swan song for Joey. He's going to move on. He's going to walk into the office and nobody's going to be surprised when he asked for a trade. And his response his response was the most on-brand Joey thing that there ever was a Joey thing. And we'll get into that here in just a moment. I'll tell you what, though, a good bet is uh, finding a good bet at Bet Online Because when you're talking about this trade season, there's a lot going on. And in fact, and of course, we're going to go across sports here for just a moment here, Ryan. But Baker Mayfield just became a Carolina Panther. And the Carolina Panthers odds at winning the Super Bowl went down. I uh, bet online, man. You got to love them. You can check out bet online on your desktop or mobile device today. They've got all of the trends in action. When you're talking about major league baseball, as the season goes along, they got futures, they've got game lines, they got props. You can check out some awesome stuff. In fact, I'm pretty sure we had a good day. If you took Graham Ashcraft's over on the strikeout total. But when I look at bet online, what I really love is the futures for the NFL because they've got everything right now, man. You can bet on player futures. You can bet on win totals. You can bet on playoff stuff. All of that is at betonline.net. Head there today. Check out all of the information that they have for you for your next bet because bet online is where the game starts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can totally see our Twitter handles. If you're listening today, our Twitter handles are at Finkelstein Ryan for your Mets coverage and at Jeff Carr with three F's for your Reds coverage. You can also follow my co-host Stephen Offenbaker at S Offenbaker with two F's. Uh, he cannot join us today. Some technical issues there on that side, but we'll have him back tomorrow. We're actually be talking with Ethan Smith wrapping up a crossover, uh, a crossover wrapping up this double header series with the Reds and Pirates. Ryan, what do you got going uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, you know, we got the Friday Farm Report is what I always do. So we'll get into some prospect talk. Francisco Alvarez up at AAA, one stop away, maybe the best prospect in baseball. So I got to talk about him a little bit more. I can't stop talking about this kid. Uh, so we'll do a little bit more about that as well. 20 years old in AAA. I saw that MLB Pipeline had Riley Green bump up af after Adley Rutschman uh, graduated there. And I'm with you. I think Francisco Alvarez is enticing. And before we jump back into the Joey Votto conversation, there are a couple of guys that I had looked at and thinking, yeah, maybe the Mets are looking at some pitching. Maybe they're looking at Luis Castillo. And I heard what you said the other day about Scherzer and, um, and DeGrom coming back almost as if you're getting two marquee pitchers at the trade deadline. So probably not in the market like I thought, but a guy like Mark Vientos just really intrigues me, but I'm guessing that probably means he's not available. Yeah, I think that he is potentially on the table at the deadline. That's he's a guy that I've been really campaigning hard for to come up and get promoted right now and be the DH that you know maybe we're talking about Vado being. I feel like he could be an internal option there. Not sure what they're doing with him. I think because he's still in AAA, that's almost telling me maybe they want to keep stocking up that value before the deadline and before promoting him. So. 
I think he's on the table. He wouldn't be on the table for this specific trade. If the Mets were to get into the conversation for Luis Castillo, he would certainly be one of those guys that could move. But like I said before, all the indications so far is the Mets feel pretty comfortable with their starter depth. I think the thought is with the first half, they probably got it as bad as they could, losing Scherzer and DeGrom for most of the first half. I think they're kind of feeling like Scherzer's already good to go. DeGrom's supposed to be. You could get Tyler McGill back. Joey Lucchese could be back as well. So I think they feel pretty confident in the starter depth right now. Totally forgot Joey Lucchese was in New York. That's that's great. The, yep. the, that's been my biggest thought for the Mets so far is they've been so good and they've done it without Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Their starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. But like you said, they're looking for a bat. And Joey Votto could be that guy. And the biggest thing for me in whether or not he will waive his no trade clause is I think the Reds have to ask him because he said during spring training that he would not ask. He said, I signed a contract years ago. I will honor that contract until it comes to an end. I love this team and I don't want to be anywhere but here. Now, I think a lot of that just has to do with Joey is way too cool of a dude to walk into Nick Crawl's office and be like, I'm out. But I think that if Nick Kroll presents him a situation, dude, you're going to the best team in the National League. You have a legitimate shot at getting a World Series ring. There's going to be part of him that thinks, you know, I always wanted to do that with the Reds. There's also going to be this really rational part that looks around and says, it ain't happening until at least 2024. And that's if they pick up my option for 2024, which the Reds have shown no propensity to want to have anything to do with spending $20 million they didn't already know they had to spend. So I think that this would be a case if Nick Crawl brought in front of him. I think he might wave it. I, I think he might wave. It. I got to say first that what you just said about his response and that loyalty to the contract of the team and all that. It actually gave me a little bit of chills. I'm not even <sighs> kidding. It's so refreshing and old school. Especially, I'm a big NBA fan, so you see, I mean, NBA contracts have no value. Like, there's, there's no, there's <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's no actual thing that connects a, a team to a player on a contract. Players just slot in for a dollar value and decide where they want to play. Which, hey, you know, I'm all for player empowerment. That's great, right. but that is interesting to see that the Joey Votto still kind of feels that way, and that shows the type of guy he is, the character he has. But yeah, I, I mean, who would you rather play for for the next two years? You're in your late 30s. Uh, this is really it. This is the last baseball you're going to be playing uh, at this level. And you have a chance to go to this team that would give you probably two real legitimate cracks at a World Series ring. Uh, I think that that would be enticing enough that he might consider waving that no trade clause or otherwise that really would just tell you how much he loves Cincinnati. And uh, that's cool too. That's really cool too. And the Mets will, will just have to look for some other options. The Biggest uh, benefit, there's two benefits I could see to him going to New York is obviously getting to contend, but also being able to mentor Pete Alonso because I love Pete Alonso. I mean, he won me a little bit of money last year in the home run derby, so I love him a lot. That online. Love it. That online. Where the game starts. Uh, But when you're also talking about, I would love to be a fly on the wall for a conversation between Joey Votto and Max Scherzer. I mean, if, if that happened, I almost would love to see this deal happen just because they would get put in the same room on a regular occasion. Can you imagine the other Mets player? Like every single Mets player in that case would just be like, <laughs> leaning in. What's going on in here? 
What are you guys talking about? And they might just be talking about mopping. I don't know. Joey <laughs> talks about a lot of weird stuff. But I think that that could be one of like the all-time like pitcher-hitter combinations, I think, on a team. And I would love to see it. And you mentioned, and we'll kind of break this down here as we wrap things up, the kind of offers, J.D. Davis, um, Dom Smith, uh, are there, what kind of prospect level? Cause you're probably not talking about a top 10 prospect. No, no. I honestly think this would be the type of deal where it's, you know, the reds are like, okay, we get off of, you know, $32 million beyond this season. I think they would be thrilled about that. I, I think from the Mets perspective, you're making this deal because you don't want to trade Mark Vientos. You don't want to trade for instance, I mean, Alvarez and Bader are completely off the table, but you don't want to trade Ronnie Mauricio or, even Alex Ramirez, some of the other prospects that are in the Mets system. And they also might use some of those prospects to address their need at the bullpen. So I think the idea here is it's almost one of those trades where it's, let's make everybody happy. I, I could really see it being Dom Smith for Joey Votto. And I think this would be a trade where Dom Smith goes to Cincinnati, immediately just becomes your starting first baseman, gets to play in that ballpark. And Dom Smith would be awesome. I, I, this is a guy that, He's an amazing dude. I absolutely, he's probably, as far as a person, my favorite Met. Uh, he just hasn't performed. And you set him somewhere else, you get him a change of scenery. I, I think this is one of those trades where next year Mets fans would be like, I can't believe we traded Dom Smith because Dom Smith's an all star now for the Reds. And it'll be like, yeah, but that only happened because he got to go somewhere else. Dom's needed that change of scenery. Joey Votto can go to a winner. It actually makes a ton of sense to me. I, Still, if you had to ask me, like, what's the likelihood of this happening? Let's be honest. There's so many things that have to coincide. I, I 25%. I don't even know if that, yeah. that might even be high. It's, it's, but it's a really fun trade. I think that it could really help everybody involved. There's a mentality around the reds that, you know, when you answer the question, who's available, pretty much everybody, like honestly, Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, the three young pitchers in green Lodolo and Ashcraft maybe protect Alexis Diaz. Other than that, I don't know who else should be held onto. If somebody is interested in Joey Votto and you can get him to waive his no trade clause, I think the Reds would do that in a heartbeat for sure. It's going to hurt. And I probably will cry live on a podcast uh, when we do that. That might be my cold open that day. I don't know, but I will still be so happy for him as well because he has given his entire career to this organization and in the what's it now 14 years that he's been up they have been relevant in like three maybe four of them if you really want to count 2020 as being relevant and even then they never won a playoff series and then they go and they tear down the team poorly i might add and force him to play through all of that and he's sitting here and he's killing it. He he should have won the MVP in 2017. That's neither here nor there because they're never going to change it. But he should have won the MVP in 2017 before Giancarlo Stanton bolted for um, the Yankees. But I think overall, this would be kind of a, a little bit of a goodwill thing. Like, dude, thank you so much for everything that you've done for the Reds. Go get yourself a ring because you deserve it. He's just one of the good guys in baseball. There's not a salt like... Maybe a couple of crotchety old Cardinals fans don't like him, but I don't know who does. And maybe Phillies fans, but Phillies fans don't even like Santa. So that doesn't count. I, I don't think there's anybody in this league that hates Joey Votto. And he will get to be in New York and he'll get to be on the biggest stage. And I would love to see that. 
Yeah, and if, if you're talking about from a Mets perspective, and I know there's there's fans that really get into value and they're talking about, and they're thinking of the money and they're thinking of what Dom Smith could be elsewhere or anything along those lines. I'd put it this simply, you know, you're, you're in a playoff game, game six of the NLCS against the Dodgers or someone on second base and, and you got Joey Votto coming up. You feel a lot better than Dom Smith. It's just that simple. Uh, here's a guy that, you know, MVP in, in his past, uh, one of the, the best hitters of, of this generation. And I think that there is still something left in the tank. He could really help the Mets if they were to make that move. Well, I know this. When I look at the Mets, I'm super jealous because Steve Cohen just looks like an awesome owner that's going to do whatever he can to get that ring. And I think that's a great way for us to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you getting the chance to do this crossover. I know that we won't be playing again until August. Whenever the Reds get to City Field, we'll have to get back and do it again. But I, I'll tell you this. When I look forward, I see the Mets really going far in the playoffs. I, I mean, I see a Mets-Dodgers NLCS seven games, probably flip a coin at that point, but I think the Mets make it to the World Series. Love to hear it, man. Absolutely love to hear it. And I'm on the same page with you for sure. Well, this has been a Locked On Reds, Locked On Mets crossover. Thank you so much for making our, your first listen or your first view. Now go make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen or your second view. Lindsey Crosby has you covered on the Stars of Tomorrow, and he is breaking down the MLB draft ahead of July 17th like no other podcast. Check out Locked On MLB Prospects. It's just like Locked On Reds and Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to every single one of you tomorrow.